Good morning. Good morning. We're here. We want to greet our online audience as well, those that are streaming mm-hmm. live right now. We welcome you into mm-hmm. Abundant Life Church. And we're so excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. And welcome to the new members. I mean, that's just awesome. Yes. So excited. So exciting. Well, we have a treat for you today as we started last week on our To Have and To Hold mm-hmm. marriage series. Mm-hmm. And today we continue that conversation with right. our pastoral staff and their spouses. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun time. Thank you for sending in your questions. Mm-hmm. Last week we had you text your questions in. And many of you did that. We're very thankful. Some great questions. Great questions. And it's yeah. going to be fun to be able to talk about those and hear from our pastoral staff and uh, their spouses as well today. But listen, parents in the room, we just wanted you to be aware of this is PG. This is rated PG because I do not know what the staff is about ready to say. Pass no it down. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> You're going there? Oh, my filter is gone. Oh, well. Oh. I played it safe during first service. <laughs> I won't embarrass you, Megan. Okay. That's yeah. good to I'll know. embarrass me. Yeah, we just, we just want to be real today. You know what? Marriage is an important subject to God, and um, we, there's no better place to learn about marriage than the church. That's good. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When we want to do that. So we've got some questions we're going to mm-hmm. lay out. Before we do that, we just want to go around and introduce yourselves mm-hmm. and uh, how long you've been married and you have children. How many kids? Let's uh, start here at the left. Um, I'm Claire. I'm Ben. We've been married for almost four years, and we like sleep, so we have no children at the moment. Um, we have a little dog. Her name's Stella. We call her our fur baby, so, yeah. Ryan, Sarah, we've been married 13 years, and we have two girls, seven and five. Mike and Megan, I'll let you guess which one is which. Um, and we have uh, two boys, one coming in May. Yep. Rudy is four years old. He's our dog. And David is two. And baby Duke will be arriving <laughs> May 4th. <laughs> oh, that's I like Duke. I know. <laughs> you guys can work that out. We're John and Kristen, and as you know, we have just strength. celebrated 25 years you, of marriage. Exciting. So yeah. it's exciting. You know, we want to celebrate marriages here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. those of you that are married, maybe mm-hmm. those of you that are contemplating marriage, maybe you're engaged, we celebrate you. We celebrate yeah. those years that God has uh, put you together and kept you together. So we celebrate that. So we're just taking some time today to talk about these real-life questions because they really are real life, of what marriages and relationships go through. But um, here's the first question as we lead in today. How do you find a way to have intimacy with your spouse when your spouse works hard hours? It's mm, a great question. How do you find a way to have intimacy? Uh, well, mm-hmm. we just learned you just have to make time. Um, I remember... Uh, when Megan and I, we were first uh, married, she, she was working late hours with her job, you know, getting in like past midnight, and I was working in ministry, so I just worked all hours. And so I, it was very difficult. It was very hard, and, you know, especially in that early stages, we're still in that feeling out process of being married. And so we just had to learn. We learned through error, uh, and we learned how to uh, learn from our mistakes and just kind of make time. Uh, and making time, it's a sacrifice. It's hard mm. work. You have to give up something, sure. but that's what you're investing in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and obviously we found a way to make time, so that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just, you have to, we had to schedule it, and it sounds really unromantic and, you know, not like how they do it in Hollywood, but you just had to, we had to schedule it and make time and prioritize it, so. It's really good. You guys. Yeah, I think you might assume that we all, like, the pastors have office hours, so we have normal schedules, but that hasn't always been the case. Back before we moved here, you were working nights at UPS and another job, and I was working two jobs, and then after that, we had kids, so there's never a really great time where everything's easy, so yeah, you just have to schedule it. You just got to make it happen, and then it's something to look forward to. That's, That's right. right. We're going to talk a little bit about date nights happening, and um, I know for us, it's, it's something to look forward to. You look forward to date night, but hopefully a little something-something comes along with that date night, and we can plan that. You know, we put everything else on our calendar. She means sex, by the way, in case anybody was not <laughs> wondering what she meant by that. Code yeah. word. <laughs> yes. Um, but we put everything else on our calendars. Yeah. Why not schedule? Why not schedule each other in? And it doesn't have to be a, a, at night. It can no. be in the morning. It can be a breakfast or a lunch or... Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Little spooner and nooner? Or what are we talking about? <laughs> All right. That's right. All right. So, oh. hey, there's nothing wrong with code words. Yeah. We, we have those as well. Sometimes just the moment is right, you know? Right. The moment is right. We, we use ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> You know, girls are busy playing. Hey, want to get some ice cream? Awesome. That's good. I love All it. All right. Are we ready to go to question number two? I think we better. You guys ready? Okay. All right. Good. Um, okay. So this one says, do you have any advice in supporting friends or family that are going through tough times in their marriage or even divorce? Mm. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah, I'll tackle that one. Um, so a little bit about me and how my family grew up. I actually walked through uh, with my mom through two divorces. Um, so, of course, I don't know what it's like to be divorced, but I, I, could, I could see and I, I would look from a distance and see that, hey, that is not, not something what I, I want for my life. But I think it goes back to a lot of what you guys talked about last week, um, to not unone what God made one. Because as a, you know, Coming alongside that person and being a friend, I think one of the most important things that you can do is not um, not always like taking their side or you know taking oh yeah that's you know like you were saying yeah. earlier you know you you get you girl you know you do you boo boo um, <laughs> but but rather it's you know how are you coming along that side not on their side not only to love them. But how are you making sure that you're not being that one that's trying to separate what God has made one? That's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and I think really taking good. into account the situation, you know, we, we mentioned this, or you mentioned this last week, if there's abuse or something like that, yeah. that's a different story. But um, really encouraging Christian counseling, I think, is there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. Um, just looking at their best interest and heart and not being afraid to say what the truth is in love. Mm -hmm. No, I, like I think it's great. I feel like just on the topic of, of Christian counseling. Counseling literally has changed our lives and it's changed our marriage. And I know you can look at us and feel like maybe we have it all put together. We don't. We've had some tough times and we've had to do a, a lot of Christian counseling. And that is not a bad thing. It's not anything to be ashamed of. Don't be too proud to get help because marriage is hard. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we talked about is, is just continuing to raise the biblical standard in it. People are going through difficulties, maybe mm -hmm. separated, mm -hmm. maybe they're in a divorce. But where's the biblical standard in all of that and loving and grace and 
we've been passed an ocean of grace to us mm -hmm. and passing that on to others. But how do we continue? And we need to continue to raise the biblical standard of marriage in a world that does not support that. Mm -hmm. And we need to continue to do that as a body of Christ. Mm -hmm. One of the things that has really helped us is we have friends that are couples. So where I have my, I don't have my girlfriends and he has his guy friends, but we have friends that are couples that are pro John and Kristen, that are yeah. speaking life into our marriage um, as a whole, that oneness, speaking to that oneness. They know him, they know me, they know it takes two to tangle and uh, they know it's not all his fault and they know it's not all my fault, but they're like, guys, we are supportive of team John and Kristen here. We have people like that. We, yeah. You need to have that in your life. And for a long time we didn't. And so we prayed for that. We're like, God, we need friends that are a couple. That, that can be John's friend, and the guy, guy can be John's friend, girl can be my friend, and, and just speak into our life together. Yeah, it's That's so a gift to have that in your life. It's definitely a gift, and we need it. We need each mm -hmm. other. You find that in marriage and relationships. That's why we're here in a community of oneness. Mm -hmm. All right. We, the next question is a three-part question, which is, uh, this is good. How often do you date your spouse? What are some strategies to free up enough time in the busy schedule and what are some of your favorite date ideas? So let's go from the top of the first one. How often do you date your spouse? So with our schedules, like with her still being at school or me with work, sometimes our schedules look different, but we try to make it at least once every two weeks. So I try to pick a night that works for us. Okay. That's good. We don't go out that often, um, <laughs> just being real. It's probably once every three to four months or something like that. But we do a date night at the house every week because um, we like free things and uh, <laughs> we make it a priority to do it every week. Yeah, we're, we're the same week. We, I think our last date night was in December too. And that's because your mom was here and we're like, hey, free babysitting. <laughs> um, it, it, I think it's one of the things where once a week we're very intentional about making one night after David gets put down uh, and we... We make a meal, we sit together, we talk, uh, because that's what we'd be doing if we went out somewhere, you know, be intentional about talking and conversing. Uh, and, and so that's where we've seen a lot of growth. It doesn't mean that we don't go out, it's just it's, it's not as often uh, now having kids. So. Yeah, and we're in the unique situation where all our children are now adult children. And, um, and awesome. so we do do date night now, but I just want to say this just to maybe encourage some of you. Um, we didn't do date night for a very long time, and we started doing date night regularly and committed to it two years ago. So if you haven't started date night, we're not here to say, you know, we're just trying to be real with you. Um, right. We realize the priority. Sometimes people think, oh, you've been married 25 years, piece of cake, you have it down. And that's just not true. Right. It, marriage is hard no matter what season you're in, and you have to keep it a priority. And so we decided two years ago to set aside Friday nights as our date night, and, and yeah. we schedule it. We commit to it. We commit to mm -hmm. it. We stay. It's priority. That's right. Stay with it. Stick to it and say, we're going to do it. And we just know that we're going to do that. That's Friday night or whatever night is good for you or that time. Mm -hmm. Make it a commitment. Let's go to the second part. How do you free up time to have a date night? How do you free the time up to do that in a busy schedule and world we live in? I've had to learn to say no to other people or other, other commitments um, to just kind of work together to clear the calendar. What, what, can, what do we not need to be doing that we should invest more in our marriage. And it was hard for me because I'm a people pleaser. So 
as you know, I love Mike more than anything, but I, I tend to take advantage of him more than anyone too. And so I wouldn't, you know, shut someone else down, but it would be easy for me to be like, oh, sorry, Mike, I can't do it. I got to, I got to do that. So I had to learn um, to put him first and to say no to other people and to other things. And it was hard at first, but so worth it. It's good. And, and for me, it's, I, I would have to do the same thing. I, I'm very much a workaholic. And you know, think on oh, ministry, we you know, ministry, we do everything. Ministry, it's about the people, it's about the people. But I, I had to remember, I have to invest in the, in my relationship with my spouse. You know, my my relationship with God is the number one priority in my life, and the second most uh, important relationship in my life is my relationship with my wife. And I know if you have kids, and you yes, you got to take care of your family, you got you got to bring in the money to to support them. But if you're not making the sacrifice, you know, to invest in your marriage, your family, and your relationships are going to fail. That's true. That's right. So you need it. You need to. What what, what I hear is put it on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Get it on the calendar and do it because it's just not going to happen right. uh, by default. So I want to encourage you, if you are not having a regular date night with your spouse, you need to today um, talk about that this afternoon. Put it on your calendar mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean going out right. every right. week. Or- Sarah and Ryan, you've talked about this a little bit. So let's talk about how do you guys make it work with children? Yeah, well, we have young kids, and we can't afford to pay a sitter and go out. We don't have family in the area. Right. So for us, date night literally means you feed the kids peanut butter sandwich, and you put them to bed an hour early. And then we have the whole evening together. We can cook our food. We can eat whatever we want. We can order in. We can sit and talk. We're not interrupted because, as you know, kids, you cannot even think straight when you're trying to deal with your kids more than one of them. So that's what we do. Mm. Yeah, that's good. good. That's good. Awesome. Well, let's talk about your favorite dates. What are some favorite dates that you guys have had? Um, One that was memorable for me is, I think it was our first Valentine's together, um, married. And so it was, I begged him for like weeks. I was like, plan a date, plan a date, because I'm the one who always does it. You know, plan it, please. And so he um, pulled out all the stops and we went to my, we did all my favorite things. And how sweet is that? You know, we went and got coffee at my favorite place and, Mm. um, painted pottery and uh, then we went to my favorite restaurant and he said that it was wonderful for him because it was just the joy of serving me and you know doing that for me which was so selfless and so good job Ben yes he did yeah. great so. good job, <laughs> I try occasionally right. uh, we like to dream together that's another one of those free date things um, That's right. You know, everybody has dreams. I know Pastor John and Kristen shared last week about how they didn't get a honeymoon after they got married, and they had a dream to go to Hawaii at 25 years. That's an awesome dream. Sarah and I, we do that as well, you know, whether that's a trip or, you know, some other big expense or for her, for a number of years, it was a minivan. Uh, but we, we, we like to dream, and we like to, to think through and, and plan and, and those types of things, have goals. We also have a date night jar. You can make this for your next date night. Um, this is just when we get in a lull and we don't, can't think of something to do. What do you want to do? I don't care. What do you want to do? And so we made these little sticks of things that we like to do, um, like board games, puzzles, reading. If that's boring to you, then pick something more fun. Baking together, go on a picnic, write love letters. There's a ton of them, and there's some blank ones in here. So if you think of something good, you can put it down. And the rule is you pull it out, and you have to do it no matter which one it is. Yeah. I love that. And then you can plan it, and it's fun. And it's free. Yeah. It's yeah. Free. And, like, our, our, our favorite thing to do is to watch TV and movies. Deep couch sitting is what we call it. <laughs> that, we have emojis oh. for that. Like we're, that's our jam. 
Um, but, you, you know, I'm sure you guys are aware if you, all you do is spend time watching screens together, there's not a lot of interaction, and that can create disconnect in and of itself. Um, and so we make sure that we have a, a, a date night a week where we can not put ourselves in front of the TV or in front of a movie or something, whether it's reading together, one of these other things, mm -hmm. because that in and of itself can create intimacy. And intimacy is so important. So we prioritize intimacy, and then hopefully that leads to bedroom intimacy. So That's it. The question was favorite date ideas. Yeah. Sorry, my ADD is getting a little. Um, so normally our dates consist of three Fs. Free, uh, food, and uh, not an F, but watching people. Uh, we watching love to people. people watch. And you can judge me all you want, but we, we, we just love to laugh. We, we, and if it means laughing at somebody... God forgives me, <laughs> but we, we just want to create, we, we just want to find opportunities where we're, we're, we're just laughing together because that's what brings a lot of joy is when we're laughing, doing stuff together. And people are usually laughing at us too, so, because we're really <laughs> awkward, but, and there's great, I mean, there's Walmart, there's Walking Mall, there's <laughs> Apple Blossom Mall, Costco is free sample. Are you saying our dates are at Walmart? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, before David was born, one of our favorite things to do was to go to the Steven City Walmart and go to the $5 movie bin. And we'd pick out, like, he would pick out a movie, and I'd be like, oh, gosh, no. And then I'd pick out a movie, and he'd be like, oh, no. But, and somehow we'd compromise. And so we would just watch that movie when we got home and got snacks. So, I don't know. We just know each other, and we know what makes each other laugh, and... So we do. Yeah. So. When John and I first started out and we had zero money, um, we would go to Costco for date night and just go all the samples, and that was dinner. <laughs> and it was so oh, yeah. much fun. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, God, for Costco. So, all right. The next question is about money. <laughs> so um, what is the best way to communicate about money? This is a great question. Yeah. How do you keep that line of communication open when one person is in charge of the finances and budgeting and the other person doesn't care? So on this team, who is in charge of the finances and these relationships? Okay, and who is the one who just doesn't care? <clears throat> uh, we need yeah. to see participation. Yeah. So, Let's try this again. Okay, who's in charge of budgeting in the relationship? All right. Good. And who, who's, who just doesn't care? <laughs> who just doesn't care? Mike, yeah. you know you had your hands yeah. up for both, right? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let me explain this. <laughs> he's like that Snoop Dogg gif, you know, where he's just like... Yeah. <laughs> Except it's literally just Monopoly money because we don't... <laughs> Sir, mind you, we don't need the appetizer every time we go out to eat. That's a splurge. But we have a gift card. <laughs> just saying. And, and you have to spend over the gift card because you have to tip anyway, so I'm just saying. There's a, there's a process to this. Here, here, here's why I'm both. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one extreme or the next, but um, you know, before Megan, I, I was very independent. And so one of the things I, I learned you know, by this isn't just my money. It's our money. It's not my house. It's our house. These are our cards. And so really kind of learn how to be open and communicate, hey, I really think we should get this or I really think we should invest in this. And initially, I may get some pushback because of it. Uh, and so those are times where we just, we talk about it and we process it together, um, unless she's away. And then I'm like, hey, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like majority of the time, it, it's, 
I, I won't pursue to invest in something if we're not on board together. That's good. I remember one time early, um, well, the kids were old enough to play. Remember the GameCube? Yeah. Well, I was gone for the weekend on a, a women's conference, and I came home, and John had bought a GameCube. I remember the GameCube. <laughs> and I was like, you bought the, we didn't even talk about this, because I don't know how much they were at the time, but that was a lot of money for us. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we learned a big lesson. We, we, you talk about it. You agree talk, together. communicate. Mm -hmm. Now I know what to do. Okay, so yeah. live like, and learn. You, you have, we have to agree to this together. Yeah. So true. So with Claire and I, I'm, I'm the budgeter. And for lack of better, she's the spender. <laughs> but, but for her, we'll talk about, a little bit about like, your gifts. So my love language is gifts, which is such like the selfish love language, I feel like. like. It's the one that I'm like, just buy me a cookie so I know you love me. Like, it's so dumb. But, but here's the thing. It's like, okay, a cookie is $1.25. You want one seven days a week, 52 weeks a year? Oh, my gosh. We just spent $1,000 on cookies this last year. Are you serious? Oh, man. But here's the thing Totally is, worth it, by the way. Just yeah. saying. What's that? Totally worth it, by the oh. way. <laughs> it, de it depends. It depends. Um, <laughs> it really depends on who you ask. But, um, but, but for me, it's, you know, knowing... So I'm the budgeter. We have a vision for our finances, and this is something that we've agreed on together. You know, for us, we would love to, you know, knock out our college debt we would love to be able to save to start, you know, maybe to afford a house or whatever that is. We have dreams like you guys were talking about, but we have a vision for where we want our finances to go that we've agreed on together. But part of that's that good. as well is knowing that that's who she is, is gifts. And that's a way that I can invest in her. And sometimes, you know, it's a give and take to really just continue that open line of communication. That's I'll right. budget that in to our finances. Yeah. So... You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, here goes the cookie fund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And part of that is also sharing, if you are the budgeter, sharing that vision with your spouse so they have an idea of where it's going and they're, you're not just following blindly, you know? It's, it's important to share that. Yeah, dreaming together yeah. about the budget. One thing that, that I've done in um, some of the premarital counseling I've done with some couples is I ask them, what is an amount that they can spend or that their spouse can spend um, that they don't have to ask permission for? And I found that most couples, they don't have that number in mind. They have two different numbers. And, you know, if you've been in a fight, you know it was probably related to an unmet expectation. And so if the expectations aren't clear, then you don't know how much you can spend. Clearly the GameCube exceeded that dollar amount. I don't know what that was. But if you've never had that discussion with Too your spouse... High. Find out what that number is. Is it $10? Is it $20? Is it $100? I don't know. It's different for everybody, but if you guys have a different number in mind that you can spend without your spouse's permission, get that clarified because it'll avoid confrontation or some kind of frustration or fight in the future. I think that's a great point, and I think the thing is, is the one that is not the one that is budgeting, bring them in on the conversation and say, hey, this is what we have coming in. This is what we have going out. You need to, Kristen's had to do that. We, look at this. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is where we're at. Communicating, okay, this bill this month is going to be a little higher than last month. So we just need to openly communicate what that means to say, hey, you got to spend less. Or you know what? Cut down on the spending here, okay? And this is what we're going to do. We're going to save this amount. So that's important, communicating it. And like we said, the give and the take. And let me just give you a little marital advice because we're, we're all giving great advice here. But one of the things, 
I just want you to, to be reminded of as we go through this, is that the give and take in marriage, we know that relationships are hard, marriage is hard, but I want you to, to write this down. May all your ups and downs be in the marriage bed. Some of you went so deep. Checked out. Okay, well, all right, I said marriage bed, all right, so that's what it is. With Pastor your John, can you, clar- can you clarify that? May all your ups and downs be in the bed. See me afterwards for counsel and direction. <laughs> I think you're doing fine. Okay, so. All right, our last question is for the singles in the audience. The this is single. a great question. This is a great question. Here it comes. In the day and age we live, and the divorce rate being so high, is it worth getting married? Is it worth it to get married? We see this. Uh, so what are some thoughts on that as we process that question? It's a great question. Yeah, well, I think it's definitely worth getting married. Um, I think it's important to remember, you know, it's a calling for sure. It's a, there's a calling to be single and a calling to be married. And it's just a comfort for me to know it's not just me and you in this marriage, but we have God as our foundation. And I honestly don't know how people do it, how, how married couples make it without God being in the picture. Because, I mean, there's so many times I didn't feel like loving Mike or I didn't feel in love. Or especially in those early years, I, like, would wake up like, who is this man? Because this, this is the same man that I married. I don't even know what's happening. You know, I didn't think it would look like this. And there's lots of ups and downs for sure. And I think it's important to remember it's not always going to look like how the movies, you know, represent it. But... It, you know, as I know that we're going to have ups and downs, and we've had some, and we'll have more. But I know, I know God, and I know that He's the one that's going to get us through it, not ourselves, and just to continue to keep Him first. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely worth it. I mean, it's really hard. It's difficult. If you've never been married yet, you can't fathom how difficult it can be. But just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not worth it. Usually, the things that are hard are worth it and that's are really true. good. Yep. So. Yeah, and for Claire and I, we got married young. I, I was just 22, and she was about to turn 21. And uh, we were both in, putting ourselves through college and doing the whole nine yards. And it, it is tough. It is hard work. Um, it's it's selfless uh-huh. because a lot of times what that looked like to make sure that, you know, we still had uh, something other than ramen on the table was working three jobs, working those 15-hour days, whatever it took. But that's But I think that's the word at the end of the day is do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes, make that happen. And just because you're young or whatever doesn't mean that you can't do that. But just know, like, just be realistic with it that, hey, it might take a little bit more from me if I'm not in that, my career, if I'm not in that. But don't let that hesitate. We did it, and we're happy, (laughs) you know. So God will will bless you for, for making those sacrifices. I think one word that you just said was selfless. And that's just a word that's so foreign in our culture today. You know, most people in, in their mindset in any situation or relationship is, what can I get out of this? And if you go into marriage with that mentality, then your marriage is going to fail. Um, but really, you need to be looking more to what you can give to that relationship. You know, Jesus, we know he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he demonstrated that, obviously, by laying down his life. But, you know, when he washed the disciples' feet, such an incredible story. You know, people think, oh, well, if you just wash somebody's feet, you know, feet aren't that dirty, or maybe you're one of those people that hates feet. But we know back in that time, you know, they were washing off dirt and dust. There was literal crap, like literally because of the animals in the, in the, 
in the streets and things yeah. like that. And, you know, how many of you know, sometimes there's a lot of crap in marriage. Um, but if you're willing, even through the crap, to serve your spouse, if you can make it selfless and make it about your spouse, serving your spouse and therefore serving God, it'll be the most God-centered and God-fulfilling thing that you do in your life. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, there will be crap. But serve right. your spouse. That's good. And I look at where our culture is. You know, our culture is, is consumed with fear. You know, there are a lot of single people that are afraid of getting married. They're afraid of pursuing a relationship, either fear of rejection or, you know, I, I really feel like fear, um, you know, pushes us to compromise our standards uh, and that we just jump in from relationship, relationship, relationship and, and, and be afraid of, of that commitment. Uh, and I really look at it, it's like fear leaves us constantly empty. Fear will always leave us empty, but it's only in Christ that we are full. And so if we just continue to be faithful, so if you're, if you're single, uh, man, be faithful in being single. Yes. Be passionate in pursuing God. Because I guarantee you, as long as you're pursuing God, and if it's God's will, he's going to bring somebody just as passionate, if not more passionate, than God into your life. Yeah. You know, and if you're married today and you've allowed fear to dictate and uh, how you lead your marriage, man, find that fullness in God and God alone and don't allow fear to dictate your actions and how you pursue your relationship with one another. That's good. Great stuff. I tell you, and just knowing what you're called to do because, you know, being single is a calling and so is being married. And you need to know that. And uh, inside of your life, what has God called you to do? And that's, Paul talks even about that, married and singleness. So I want to encourage those relationships, every relationship here, uh, here, right here at Abundant Life Church, those that are streaming online, to continue to pursue, as we've talked about today, visions, goals for your marriage. And I think one of the things as we look at, we talked about last week in Matthew 19, the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. Hey, who can get a divorce for any and every reason? That was the question. For any and every, no. Jesus bypassed the question because he went straight to their heart. No, it's about oneness. It's about being one um, in everything that you do. Jesus went and he was penetrating their heart with this question. I think one of the things that we have to look at as well is, are we in the marriage relationship going after the same goal? We're on the same field, but many times we're playing opposites. And we're going after in the opposite direction. We're butting heads all the time. Well, you have to define the goal. What is the goal? Jesus said it. It's oneness. It's being one. Jesus and the Father were one, right? The picture of the earthly marriage is the snapshot of heaven, the oneness that is taking place. And I just want to encourage you to, what is the vision for your, what's the vision for your marriage? What is that? And have you talked about it? Make sure you do that. God has a vision for your marriage. That's the most important thing. Find out what his vision is and has spoken and written over your life. So I just want to encourage you with that today. We're going to close this time in prayer and just ask God to come and develop our hearts, relationships, marriage, those that are single, that are here, you're struggling, whatever is going on, that we have a God that is with us now to comfort, direct, guide us, and he is for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word over us, Lord, is your desire for us to be one. And we know that's not always easy because in our flesh we struggle against that many times. The Lord, we put self higher than anything. 
But Lord, I pray that today that we would come. I pray over marriages that are here. I pray those over those that are single here, those that are maybe struggling in their relationship, struggling in their marriage. God, to know that you're the comforter that is with us, and God, that all things are possible through you. Even the broken relationships, you're able to restore because, God, you sent Jesus to reconcile our differences. Jesus, you shed your blood for us that we can be here today to be reminded of that fact. You've come to reconcile us to one another and ultimately to you. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, you give our staff a great big hand clap for spouses.